glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Tonight, excuse me. Brother Pfeiffer, it never ever amazes me how when you get up here that the Lord has his hand upon you and how it's all it's always a word from the Lord. It's always it's always something. It's it and it's and it fits. It fits. It always fits. When when you get into the place that that you're Can I say, can, if you can get out of yourself, if you can, if you can just start to, to feel after the Spirit of the Lord and start to, to, to try and get into the position that God wants you in, where He, where he wants you to go, God will give you a word if you'll, if you'll listen, if, if you have an ear to hear the word of God. And Brother Pfeiffer, let me tell you something. That, that was a word from the Lord. That was, that was my, mighty. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 91, that's, that's Psalm 91 and 1, that's one of my favorite verses. Praise God. Uh, I, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to let the, the youth uh, be dismissed to, to class. We're going to go ahead and, if I can, go ahead and uh, direct you to uh, Romans, Romans 6. I'm going to be reading out of, out of two... Uh, Two different uh, books, Romans 6, 3 through 8, Romans 6, 3 through 8, and 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Romans 6, 3 through 8, and 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Romans 6 and 3 through 8 says this, Know ye not that so many of us were... As we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Everybody say, walk in the newness of life. Walk in the newness of life. For if we had been planted together in the likeness of his death... We shall also, in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Let me read that one more time. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth now we know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you 
by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You may be seated. Father God, as we come before you, Lord, we, we ask that you, Lord, lead this service, God. Let your spirit be in this house, God. Minister your word, Lord. Give us an ear to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Be ye reconciled to God. Reconcile, that, that word, if, if you look up that word in Thayer's definition, it's, is to change, to exchange coins for others of equivalent value, to reconcile those who are at variance, to, to return with favor, to be reconciled to one, to receive one into favor. No, uh, I knew a young man once that uh, he knew in his heart that he had been called by God to do a work for God. He worked diligently towards the things of God and studied to show himself approved. He witnessed to all that were inside of him. He, he did everything that he thought he could do. Uh, if there was a job in a church, he, he wanted to be available to go ahead and do it. Uh, this young man was on the road to heaven, if, if you would. And I, I don't know if you can actually go ahead and put yourself in, in this young man's uh, thought pattern, but he, he wanted to do everything he possibly could to, to please the Lord. You know, he, 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 he was introduced to truth, and, and he, he loved truth. He had a love for truth, and it was, it was so good, and he was so happy that, that God went ahead and looked upon him uh, and he wanted to do everything he, he possibly could to please, to please the Lord. So not very many years later, the, the young man lost sight of his calling in his life, though. He allowed things to get into his life that, that kept him from the house of God. Pretty soon, you know, how all things go, life happens. He fell into doing things that he knew he shouldn't be doing. And finally, he fell into sin by leaving the church entirely. Now, although he didn't commit any heinous acts of sin, he still knew in his heart that what he had done was wrong in the eyes of his pastor, his church family. And in his mind, there was absolutely no chance of ever getting back to the place where he was once called of God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in, in that position where you think, well, that's it. You know, I, I've done it now. I, I, I just, I, I don't know what to do and stuff. I know I shouldn't have done that thing. And man... It just seems like the devil beats up on your shoulder. Man, you shouldn't have done that. You know you shouldn't have done that. Now look at you. What are you going to do now? You going to go back to church? You can't go back to church like that. You can't, you can't do anything like that. You can't serve God that way. What's wrong with you? You, you know you shouldn't have done that. The devil, the devil will jump on your shoulder every single time and sit there and, and, and speak to you and make you think that you, it was worse than what it really was. And all we have to do, folks, all we have to do is repent. Be sorry for what we've done and, and continue on. But this young man, even though repentance, even though through repentance, the weight of what he went through clouded his judgment. And he didn't think that he could actually be restored. But can I, can I tell you this real quick? I'm not going to take too much of your time. I, I want you to think about this for, for just a minute, though. Let me tell you something real quick about this young man's thinking. I, I, I happen to know this young man. Can I tell you that this young man was very wrong? Through repentance, 
and a life led through repentance, you can, this life that, that you leave, if, if you lead it with a life of repentance, if you, if you have a repentant heart, a repentant mind, mindset, if you live a repentant life, you can and will come back to God. If you allow God to work in your life, you'll lead a life more fulfilling than what you had planned for yourself. A lot of times people think, well, there's, there's no way I could ever come back. There's no way I could actually go ahead and recover from, from what I, I've went through or what I've done. Did you know that the Bible is, is made up of, of a lot of people that in our own mind God should have never used? Let, let's, I mean, let, let's go over the list of people and stuff. Take a look at Moses. What did Moses do? He was called a God, wasn't he? He was a deliverer, wasn't he? So what happened? He decided he was going to go ahead and get ahead of God. He was going to go ahead and take care of things his own way, do things his own way. What did he do? He seen one Egypt, uh, you know, Egyptian uh, doing something he shouldn't have been done. Went ahead and killed him, hit him in the sand, buried him. And he come across a couple of his brethren and stuff. And he said, why, why do you guys sit there and argue with each other? What are you going to, what are you going to do? So they asked him, so what are you going to do, Moses? Are you going to kill us? They knew. They knew. He was a murderer, folks. Let, let's, let's just get right down to the nitty-gritty. He was a murderer. What about King David? Take a look at David. Oh, he was loved of God, wasn't he? A man after God's own heart. Take a look at David. What did David do? Went ahead and he was in a place where he shouldn't have been in the first place, looking at something he shouldn't have been looking at in the first place. He should have been off, uh, off, off to the war like, like, like everybody else was, where he should have been, but he wasn't. Looked upon a woman, called her up to the house, you know, went ahead and committed adultery. And then when he found out that, that the, the woman he committed adultery with, found out she was pregnant, what did he do? Had her husband killed. When, when he couldn't cover it up his way and stuff, he had, he had her, hus her husband killed and then took her to wife. And you actually think that God can't use you? Think about that for just a second. God can and will use you if you allow him to. If you lead a repentant life. If your mindset is, God, I want to do anything and everything I can to go ahead and please you, Lord. And we start off by doing that by repentance. A life of repentance. Romans 2 and 4 says this. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That's not anything that you do. That's not anything that, that you even think of. It's what God does. God leads you to repentance. Now, let me ask you this. Are we allowing God to be God? Are you allowing God to lead you? Now, just understand this. No matter how good you are, it still will never be enough. Because of the goodness of God, He still beckons us to come back to where He wants us to be, where He needs us to be. Did you know it's not God's will that, that you go ahead and you, do, you run off and do your own thing? It's God's will for you to be there in His arms doing what He needs you to do. Amen? So let, let me, does anybody know what repentance is? What, what exactly repentance is? Thayer's definition of repentance is this. To change one's mind, an example is to repent, to change one's mind for better 
heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. Repentance, metanoia, change of mind involves a turning with contrition from sin to God. So you're turning from your sin, you're turning to God. You're going from the, from the path that you were, you were choosing for yourself, you're turning away from that, and you're walking towards God. You're walking to God. Why? Because you want to serve God. You want to do everything that God wants you to do. Amen? Further on, Thayer says, Repentance sinner is in the proper condition to accept the divine forgiveness. Repentance is not just saying, I am sorry for what I've done. Repentance is turning from what you've been doing and going the opposite way. Going in the opposite direction from where you've been going before. Don't keep doing what you've been, always done. Because if we always do what we've always done, then we will always be what we've always been. If we don't, if we don't continue in the same things, and the same sins, the same unrighteousness, what we've had in the past. If we don't sit there and continue to do that stuff, we're going to be led towards God. Don't keep doing what you've always done, folks. We don't continue in the same things, the same sins, the same unrighteousness that we've had in the past. We're new creatures in Christ, the Bible says. We repent and move forward in Christ to do His will in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 says this, And that He died, who died? Jesus. He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. We live our life for, for Jesus, folks. Repentance is a form of death. We die out to ourselves. We die out to what we want for our own lives. Our own will, our own desires, the things that we want, we want to accomplish. We want that big mansion up on the hill. We want to drive that, that brand new vehicle. We want to have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all the accolades and all the, all the people patting you on the back and all the, all the you know, the, the nice shiny things and, you know, the, all the things that, that, you know, this world tells you what you need. And that's not, that's not living for God, folks. That's actually living for yourself. Amen. We stop living in the fleshly desires of our old ways and we put what God wants first and foremost in our lives. We're bought with a price, the Bible says. With the blood that was shed at Calvary, the love of Christ constrains us to live for Him with everything that we have within us. For he that is dead is free from sin, the Bible says. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Live with Him. 2 Timothy 2 verse 11 says this, it's a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. We're supposed to give it all to Jesus, not, not just a little bit, not just, you know, four or five dollars worth of yourself, and then I'm going to go and, I'm going to go ahead and do whatever I want to over here, Lord. You, I'm just going to give you a little bit. I'm just going to go ahead and come to church. I'm going to sit on a pew. I'm going to amen the preacher every great once in a while. And then when, when time comes, whenever, whenever, you know, he goes ahead and he releases everybody. I'm going to go back out in the world. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. No, that's not it. That's leading a double standard life. The Bible says we're bought with a price. We're bought with a price. That price was, was, was the blood and the life that was shed at Calvary for us to redeem us, to reconcile us unto God. A rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, Master, what, what shall I do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, you know, how do you read it? What do you, what do you think? He said, well, 
And he starts naming off all these things that he, he, he's, uh, well, Jesus tells him all these things. He said, well, Lord, I've done all these things from, from, from my youth up until now. He said, well, you, you've, done, you've done a good thing. He said, but, he said, go ahead and take everything that you have, sell it, and then come follow me. But before he said that, one of the main things that he told him is this. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The very first thing in our minds should be loving God with everything that we have within us. Not, not partway, folks. Not, not just halfway, not three-quarters away, but with everything that we have. Our mindset should be actually focused on God. And, and, and let me tell you something. This world is focused. If it's one thing that this world wants to do, it wants to get your attention. It wants to get your mind off of God. No, no, no. That, that, that's, all that churchy stuff is, is good. But you know what? That we've got something better over here. We, we've got drugs over here. We've got drinking over here. We've got partying over here. We've we got, we got people that, that are going to pay attention to you over here. Let me tell you something. All that is is just a big distraction to go ahead and get you away from God. That's all that is. And I, I know I'm clicking up here. I apologize. I, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat, so I've got one of these throat lozenges in. But the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Everything that was within you is focused on God. It's focused on God. It's not focused on this world. And, and I understand we live in this world. We, we have to live and we have to do everything that we, we can to go ahead and, and be in this world. You know, you, you, have, to, you have to work. You have to make money. Uh, you have to do the things that you have to do. I understand that. But I'm talking about right now being reconciled unto God. The Bible says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now, that word beseech means this, to call to one side, call for, to summon, to address, to speak to, to call upon, which may be done in the way of exhortation, of entreaty, to comfort, to, for instruction, to admonish, to exhort, to beg, to entreat, to beseech, to strive, to appease by entreaty, to console, to encourage and to strengthen by consolation, to comfort, to encourage, strengthen, exhortation, and comforting and encouraging, to instruct, to teach. To beseech. God is calling you to be by his side so he can comfort you. Are, are we allowing God to do that today? Are, are, we, are we pushing God aside because we want to do something different or we want to try and do something different? Let me tell you something, folks. There, there's nothing better than a church. There's nothing better than a church. Uh, I, I can speak from experience. You know, uh, I, I came out from the world. I, I, I knew... I knew of drugs. I didn't actually partake of, of, of you know, very serious things. Uh, in my family, there was a lot of drinking. Uh, we, we, it, was, it was bad. Let, let's just say that. I knew of certain things. I knew about the lying. I knew about the cheating. I knew about the, 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 the gambling. I knew about the drinking and, and all the crazy stuff that goes on. And let me tell you something. There, there's, that doesn't compare to the church. In, in the church, you, you have... You have peace. You, you have the Spirit of God that, that consoles you, that wants to comfort you. But let me ask you a question. Are we allowing God to do that? 
Or are we just pushing them off to the side and say, no, no, I, I, I want to try something different. I want to do something different. Let me tell you something. There's, there's nothing better than the church. There's nothing. You know the prodigal son thought the same thing? The prodigal son thought that, thought that he thought the exact same thing. You know, I'm tired of living in dad's house. You know, uh, uh, you know uh, there's just, there's just I, I see so many other things out there. You know, I see people coming back, you know, servants coming back, and they're, they're saying that, you know, there was a party going on at, at, at this particular location, or, and, and, you know, they were getting uh, riot, riotous living over here and doing this, this over here and doing that over here. And he got it in his ear that it, it'd, be, it'd be better to go ahead and go do that stuff instead of being in his father's house. Instead of being in his father's house. So he, he thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do, I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to ask my father to go ahead and give me, give me what's mine. Let me, let me take what's mine. Let me take what I have, and I'm going to go out. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to go ahead and seek my own profit. I'm going to seek what I want to go ahead and do. And he did it. He went out. And after, after he spent everything that, that was given to him by his father, everything that, that, was, that was given to him, stuff, spent it all up, went out, riotous living, did whatever he wanted to do. He went out and partied, and he went out and, and did some crazy things. But then he found himself, he found himself with no money, no food, and, and once the money's gone, folks, your friends are gone. Right. All, all the people you're buying drinks for, all the people you're buying food for and everything else, once that's gone, they're gone. There's nowhere to be found. There, there's no one to be found if, if you lose all your money and everything. So he was in this position, and then he thought to himself, man, I'm just, I'm starving. He was sitting there, he was sitting there getting ready to eat from the pig slop. He couldn't find anybody to go ahead and hire him. Somebody, somebody finally did to go ahead and, and we call it in Oklahoma term, slop the pigs. And he was going to feed himself with the, with the very husk that they were going to use to, to feed the pigs with. And he came to himself and said, you know what? Even the servants in my father's house have it better than this. They even have it better. Did you know it's better to be a servant in God's house than it is to be a, a poor man begging out in the world? And people don't understand that today. People don't understand it today. But, but just think about that for just a second. So the prodigal decides he's going to go ahead. He's going he's to think up the, this, this big old thing that he's going to go ahead and, and tell, tell his father, you know, I'm unworthy. I'm, I'm not, you know, just, just hire me back as a servant. And, you know, I'll come and I'll, I'll work for you. I don't even have to be called your son. So he goes, he goes back. He goes back home. But when... The Bible says when he was a great way off, when the prodigal was a great way off, his father saw him. His father saw him, and the Bible says he had compassion on him, and he ran, and he fell upon his neck, and he kissed him. How many, how many times have we messed up that God has ran to us and, and wrapped his arms around us and said, oh, I love you, I love you, don't, you know, I understand that what, what happened, but don't you worry, I love you, I forgive you. God, God, that's what that word beseech is. God is trying to call you to his side, to be by his side, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to comfort you. A lot of times we make mistakes and we think that there's no hope of forgiveness, no restoration, no hope of reconciliation. But I can tell you for a fact that there is more. There is more than hope. Romans 5 says this, Therefore, being justified by faith... Being justified by faith, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith.
into his grace wherein we stand. Did you know that you stand in grace today? You stand in grace and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. Experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will die, excuse me, will, for scarcely, for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The very life that was shed for us has reconciled us. Hallelujah. Reconciled unto God. It is God's will that we be reconciled unto him. It is God's will that we be in God's house. It is God's will that, that we don't push God off, but we run to him. Let God, let God wrap his arms around you, right. church. Right. Let, let God comfort you. Let God take care of you. Uh, so many times that we, we get in that mindset, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I know I'm, I'm all right. No, I'm okay, preacher. Don't, don't, don't bother me. I don't, I don't want to hear that mess. I don't, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Don't talk to me about that stuff. I don't, I don't want to hear that. And it's that, it's that conviction because God's trying, to, God's trying to tell you, come here. Come here. Just let me love on you. I can make everything right if you just allow me to. If you just allow me to make things right, everything will be fine. But a lot of times we push God off say, no, no, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Those are... Those are two of the most dangerous words in the, in the English wordage. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, I don't need your help. I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing just fine. I'm okay. I, I, I can take care of myself. We, we, get, we get in that mindset, that, that pride that just hits us, and we think that, that, that nothing's going to, it's not going to shake us. Let me tell you something, folks. If we're so hard-hearted that, that we think that we can take care of ourselves, if we're so absent-minded to the love of God, to understand that God is trying to reach us, He's trying to, to, to show us and to tell you, be reconciled unto me. Where, where are we at? What, what, what's your mind? What, what's your thinking on this area? How are, we, how are we thinking towards God today? Can we all stand? I promised you I wasn't going to be very long on here. This is something that's, that's been weighing upon my mind for a while. I, I, I had... This came to me a while ago, and I was like, Lord, I don't want... I don't understand this. You know, is this because if you if you if you think for just a minute before it's before it's talked to to the congregation, it comes through the preacher and God speaks to the preacher about this. So I, I have to, I, I have to do spiritual inventory and I have to check myself. Father, is this for me? Did I do something wrong? 
am, am, I, am I pushing you away somehow? Am I, am I not focused on you? Is, is my mind towards something else? Am, am I not focusing everything I have upon you? Is my love not towards you? And, and, and church, let me tell you something. When, when, when God says no, it's for the church, it's for somebody, then I, I have to actually go in and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand it, but it doesn't matter if I understand it or not. I will say what you want me to say, how you want me to say it. I'm not one to point fingers, church. I'm not. But if God has spoken to you tonight, if God has dealt with your heart, don't push God away. Don't push God away. Please don't do that. I'm going to open up these altars. If you want to come pray, please come pray. Don't push God away, folks. If it's one thing we need to do, we need to run towards the Father. As, as, as the Father ran towards the prodigal son, run towards the Father. Run towards the Father. Don't, don't push him off. He's calling to us. In these last days, God is calling to us to try and get his church prepared, to try and get his church ready. He wants you to be with him forevermore. Hallelujah. I open up these altars. Oh, cool.